Welcome to the Breast of Everything podcast, your trusted resource for breast health information, support, and encouragement. Your host today is Dr. Ashley Richardson of Comprehensive Breast Care. Welcome. Welcome to the Breast of Everything podcast. I am Dr. Ashley Richardson of Comprehensive Breast Care. I am happy to introduce Maggie Varney, a licensed cosmetologist and facilitator for the American Cancer Society's Look Good, Feel Better program. Maggie is a hair restoration specialist, the president and owner of Go Green Salon, and founder and CEO of Maggie's Wigs for Kids of Michigan, which is a nonprofit organization that provides wigs and support services at no charge to children ages 3 through 18 throughout the state of Michigan. She has worked with cancer patients for over 30 years and recently created her own workshop called Creating a Total Image. She volunteers her time to teach cancer patients how to deal with appearance-related side effects of chemotherapy and radiation. Maggie also is focused on passing wig bills in Michigan Senate and House of Representatives that would encourage insurance companies to cover the cost of children's wigs. She has received countless awards for her work on behalf of cancer patients, including the Governor's Service Award for Exemplary Community Service, the Women Who Make Magic Award, the Art Van Hope Award, the Detroit News Michiganian of the Year Award, Crane's Notable Women and Nonprofits Award, and so many more. We are pleased and honored to welcome you, Maggie, to our podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Ashley. Oh, is Ashley Richardson, correct? That's correct. Okay. Nice to meet you, and thank you for giving us this opportunity to get together today and share information. We're, yeah, we are so happy to have you. You have quite the accolade of awards, so it seems like we have a lot to talk about. But first of all, what inspired you to get uh, involved with the Look Good, Feel Better program over 30 years ago? Well, I'm a licensed cosmetologist, and I say in my real life, that's what I do, and I was a national and international educator in my field, and I had reached kind of the pinnacle of my career, and I said, I have all this knowledge, and I need to be able to serve and give back and help others. I was raised that way, so I volunteered at my church, and my minister was going through cancer at that time, and he announced from the pulpit, was there anybody who had any experience with wigs that, you know, because it was televised and he wanted to keep a look of health, you know, while he was going oh. through his treatment plan. And I um, went to the office and volunteered because I'm from the late 60s. So, you know, we were trained on this <laughs> back then. And um, so I, I helped him and unfortunately he lost his battle. And I, I discovered that there was this program through the American Cancer Society where you could go and be, uh, get trained and become a facilitator and teach at local cancer centers and hospitals, volunteer your time and help patients to deal with all the appearance related side effects of what they go through. And I thought that would be a good way to give back. So two Mondays, because Monday is our day off in my industry, a month, I would go to a couple of different hospitals. And the other two Mondays, I would let the patients bring wigs to me that they had already purchased. I didn't sell wigs. And um, I would help them and teach them how to care for it, maintain it. Mm. You know, if you've never been through this experience, you have no idea what to do. Yeah, for sure. So what exactly is the Look Good, Feel Better program? Well, as I said, it's through the American Cancer Society. It is free. It is a free national and international program. And anybody who is going through cancer, is it's uh, open. And when it first started, it was just focused on breast cancer. And, you know, 30 years ago, and then they expanded it to anybody going through any type of cancer, whether it's uterine or 
or, you know, whatever different types there are. And there are so many, of course, we know. And we didn't want to leave anybody out. And so uh, that that's how it really, with me, that's how it started that I heard about this program. And I just thought it was great. And what they do there is we have a workshop in the hospital. They, they, they provide the space for us to do it. And then the American Cancer Society, the cosmetic toiletry and fragrance industry, you know, would, got together and, and they all donated all the items and, and the patients would get a kit uh, of, you know, uh, makeup and skincare and uh-huh. of like $150 for free. And then I would instruct them and we would do a hands-on, you know, on how to sanitize it, you know, because as you know, that there's only so many ways that they can get infection into their body and through the eyes, nose, and mouth are, th- are three of them. And um, so we want to make sure that what they're using is not contaminated. So we taught them, you know, how to take care of it and uh, and how to create a look. You know, makeup is really, unless you're doing stage and theater makeup, it's, most people want to have a sense of self. They want to look sure. in the mirror and just have a, a sense of well-being. And so that's really what we worked on. And uh, wow. That, and that's, that's pretty how, fantastic, and especially how it transitioned into, you know, care of wigs. And how has that come over the years in your industry? You know, we often as a breast surgeon, patients that are preparing to undergo chemotherapy talk to us a lot about finding resources for wigs or undergoing hair loss and how to kind of transition through that period. Do you work with patients? And tell me the steps of that. I do. I work with patients every single day. Um, you know, one of the questions that, that came to mind was, you know, um, how does a patient prepare for hair loss? Well, I don't know that they ever are prepared. Doctor, I have had people go through surgeries and treatment and, you know, medications and, and, and they do fine. But when they lose their hair, that is the first visible sign to the outside world. Now everybody knows what's going Absolutely. on in their world. And it's almost, they feel you know, exposed. And so if they can have some sense of normalcy, and that's what we help provide them with. And, you know, you doctors are so busy saving their life and working and helping with their medical treatment. And that's why you send them to us so that we can help them with the appearance part of it, which is a very important part. And, you know, even everyday life, when you look good, you do feel better. Absolutely. And I think that's one of those things when we sit down on our cancer consultations, we know folks that are going to need chemotherapy and oftentimes before surgery. Mm-hmm. And almost instantly, patients will look at me and break down in tears. And the first thing out of their mouth is, I don't want to lose my hair. Yeah. And you know, the younger the patient, I think the harder that is for them. Mm-hmm. And we really have a thorough conversation oftentimes about hair loss and chemotherapy and the internal struggles that they're going to go to. And I think both myself and my partners love having resources to send them to, to discuss wigs, to talk about appearances and to have a social support system. And this is important, especially in the times of COVID. Unfortunately, I've lost a couple local resources because the salons have went out of business or they've limited their wig making and things of that nature. And that has been extremely impactful in my office. Sure, that is so true. And and it's such a necessity. You know, I always say everybody doesn't have to have a wig, but everybody has to have a choice. Sure. 
And uh, sometimes they come to me and I just help them with the eyebrows and the eyelashes and, and they don't want to wear a wig at all. And they just want to rock it with a hat or a turban. And, you know, it's all about them. I never feel that, you know, we should impose whatever we think on other people. It's their journey. It's their personal journey. And so um, I let them tell me. And, uh, and that's just... Well, if- Go ahead. If there's been one thing that COVID's allowed, it's that you're kind of all wrapped up in something. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I see a lot of healthcare providers that are in surgical hats and things of that nature, or they go out, you know, we're here in Michigan where it's freezing cold out and they feel sometimes almost more comfortable just throwing on a big hat where they don't have to have a wig and they still can maintain some of their self. But also, like you mentioned, the eyebrows and the eyelashes and things of that nature that retain their outward appearance to others. Mm-hmm. And I use that statement to people all the time to patients to say at the end of the day our goal is to make you feel yourself and to make you in a room full of people that they are not looking at you like she has cancer because I think that's emotionally a big impact on patients absolutely I totally agree and a lot of them don't know and some of this is not addressed God bless you that you address this with your patients but a lot of patients that I get this was never mentioned to them and and I tell them no, you cannot have manicures and pedicures when you're in treatment. You know, you can't cut your cuticles. And if you need your your toes, toenails cut, then your insurance will pay for the podiatrist to do it. You can't take a chance like that. And yeah. so we also teach them, you know, to to stay healthy and well. And what are some of the changes, you know, because they don't know what to expect and their nails discolor and they, they split and they become brittle and they break off and or they lift from the nail bed. And, uh, and they're shocked when all this starts happening. But if you, I always tell them, if you think of a prescription, when you get a prescription, it says it could have all these side effects, but chances are it won't. I says the same thing when they come to see me. I go, some of these things could happen. Most of them probably won't. But if they do, you'll be prepared and we can address it. So, well, and I, on one of our previous podcasts, podcasts, we had talked about shaming and comparisons and you bring up nails and There are often times that patients will say, you know, I feel so shallow that I'm worried about my nails or what they look like Mm -hmm. or um, what my eyebrows look like. But at the end of the day, tell the patients, it's not shallow. You want to, you need to be you and you need to feel like you. And when you feel like you, you'll do better. And we get too sucked into worrying about what other people are going to worry about. But at the end of the day, if it makes you feel good to have your nails look pretty, then that's not wrong or bad. And we just need to find workarounds, right? Like you said, we might not be able to do that, but there's other things that we can bring to light that may make you feel better. That is, that's not your nails. Well, and then I teach them, you can't, you can't have acrylics, you can't have gels, you can't have extensions at this time because the weight of the material will cause the nail to lift from the nail bed. But there are uh, formaldehyde-free products that you can use and you can do your own nails and you can sterilize you, know, you can't cut your cuticles, but you can file your own nails and you can use formaldehyde-free products and you can use cuticle oil every single day before you go to bed to keep them from splitting and drying. And you can use Aquaphor on your lips every night so you don't get sores in the corners of your mouth. These are just simple things that they can do to help prevent some of the issues that they do face as they're going through treatment. Absolutely. And one of the simple things that both um, myself and my partners do in our office are try and give resources. So how do women uh, find wigs or find the right ones? Or can you talk a little bit about insurance coverage when it comes to wigs? 
You know, I feel like like clothing, it's really a personal choice. But the most important thing is if it's not comfortable, you're not going to wear it. So you think about a pair of shoes. If you put a pair of shoes on and they look really hot and you look great, but, you know, 10 minutes later, your feet are hurting. It doesn't feel good. You're not going to wear them. It's the same way with a wig. You know, people will go online instead of consulting with a hair restoration specialist. They'll go online and they'll buy two and three wigs. And then they bring them to me and they go, you know, and I think to myself, my God, you could have had a really nice wig for what you spent for all of this. Mm -hmm. And these are, are not comfortable and they're itchy and they're picky. And so I would, I always ask my, if, if possible, if, and when possible, it doesn't, isn't necessary because I'm experienced, but if, and when it's possible to come and see me before you lose your hair. So then I can see the texture of your hair, the color, the density. And if not, I can work off of a picture. And then, you know, I always think it's empowering because that way I always tell them, you come in, it's so traumatic when it's actually happening that if you can talk about it before and address it and then know that you have a game plan, they feel like they're in control of something that they have no control over. And I find that that's worked really well with my patients. Yeah, I think that's something that I touch on a lot is control. You know, we yeah. see folks in the office at a cancer consultation and they just feel completely mm-hmm. out of control and things are spiraling around them and there's nothing that the cancer diagnosis, the treatment recommendations, the surgery, mm-hmm. and it's all moving so fast that they really have no control. Mm-hmm. And as a provider, I really look to find the things that I can guide them to, to give them a little bit of control. Mm-hmm. And that's a, you know, a great comment in order to send them your way before they start chemotherapy so that they can be prepared and have a discussion and understand their expectations and what you could give them. And many people who have never needed a wig, they've never even tried one on. So they have no idea what they're supposed to feel like. And there's different types of wigs. There's medical wigs, what we call medical wigs, who that have the mono top and then they have the lace front and they look the most natural and then there's hand tied. So, I mean, there's just too many choices unless you're guided. So they tell me roughly you know, what they like, what they're comfortable with. And I give them, you know, at least three to pick from with different cap constructions. And and I explain each one and educate them. This is a human. This is a synthetic. This is a blend. This cap is a closed cap. This is an open cap. So, you know, once then they, and this is the price range and this is why. So you tell me what your budget will allow and we'll try these on and you tell me what's comfortable. And if I don't have the color, you know, then we certainly can order and get it within a week, you know, a turnaround. Uh, wow. So, you know, I let them tell me what they want. Yeah. I mean, I can say I've never had a wig on, you know, maybe a Halloween costume right. many, many decades ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to actual wigs that are outside of the costume arena, I've never, I wouldn't have any knowledge about everything that you just spoke of. And I talk to the patients a lot about wigs, but just getting them into the right direction to, have them obtain one. But outside of that, I don't have any of that knowledge. And another thing, not everybody has the budget for, you know, a human custom-made wig. So it has to fit their lifestyle. As you said about insurance, insurance, a lot of the insurance will pay a portion of it, but it doesn't cover all of it. Very few. I think the teachers union is one that covers it. But there's a few that cover it, but not most of them, but they'll pay something towards it. So that at least helps. And I also have a wig bank that, you know, because I'm well known in the industry that people who have wig salons and they close them or they go out of business or, you know, they'll, they'll donate wigs to me and they're new. 
or they'll donate gently used wigs. And I uh, disinfect, refurbish them, and I put them in my wig bank. And for someone who has no means at all. Sure. So that they, yeah, no, that's a fabulous resource. And um, I think that's one of the areas that breast cancer treatment has come a really, really long way, but there are still so many things that we continue to fight for our patients. And we talk about breast prosthesis after mastectomies or post mastectomy mm-hmm. bras, and patients just don't understand that some of those things are covered by insurance and to a certain extent. So mm-hmm. just as there are multiple different types of wigs, there's multiple different types of prosthesis and mastectomy mm-hmm. bras. And yeah. unfortunately, insurance doesn't cover all of it. And I think being an advocate for those resources is super important. Absolutely. And, you know, and again, a lot of them sometimes are not able to work. Many continue to work, but some are not and their budget just won't allow for them to, you know, spend a lot of money. So, you know, I let them tell me what they what they want. You know, I don't sure. tell them. Well, and then tell us a little about you created the Total Image Program. How did that come about? Well, you know, the Look and Feel Better Program is absolutely a wonderful program, and I support it, and I, and I love that program. That's how I started, and, and uh, I still work with my patients. But they, they address the hair, skin, and nails, and I thought, I need something a little more extensive, a little more comprehensive. I need to talk also about the healing emotionally and, and psychologically and socially and, and incorporate some of, some of those ideas like nutrition and wellness and yoga and, you know, um, non-traditional types of treatments. And so I just think that, you know, when we're going through something like that, and I, I too am a cancer survivor. I was not until 11 years ago and um, I had breast cancer. And last year, my daughter was diagnosed with breast cancer and a uh, completely different type. So nobody in my family had ever had cancer. And people used to say to me, do you do this because you lost somebody? And I said, no, thank God. You know, it, that wasn't the case. And so uh, and 11 years ago, then I uh, found a lump. And I then now I get it from every angle. You know, it was first. Right, now it's came full circle. Right, you betcha. And now my kids, because I work with the Wigs for Kids program, you know, I'm the founder and CEO of that. And now my own kid was, I don't care how old they are, they're still your kid. Absolutely. I was diagnosed with a very aggressive type of breast cancer. And I'm like, oh my God. I said, really, Lord? I mean, I got it already. I mean, now I get it from every angle. You know, so, but uh, it's probably made you a better advocate as well. Oh, I think so. I do think so. I mean, you know, I, I do believe that. Um, How would our listeners or our patients be hooked up to the total image program? Well, it's free, just like the uh, creating, uh, just like the look and feel better program. It's free. They just have to contact me at uh, go green salon, which is located inside of wigs for kids. And, you know, they can come through Wigs for Kids or Go Green Salon, either one. And I put my adult patients through the Go Green Salon portion of it. And then if they do purchase a wig or have any services done there that are where funds are involved, then 50% of it goes back to support the Wigs for Kids program to help provide and to help us continue to work with the children because we charge them nothing because it's a nonprofit. And so, so... And that's how I started. I started with my adult patients. And when I decided to start Wigs for Kids, you know, it was my patients who 
helped me get started because I had helped their mothers or fathers or sisters and brothers. And they heard I was now working with kids and they came out and helped me. And I'm not kidding. You know, I mean, it was wonderful. A beautiful yeah, thing. Yeah, I think that's amazing to see it. Yeah, sure. you're, out, you're out in the community just doing your thing, not thinking anybody's paying attention. And then suddenly all those seeds of kindness that you planted then come back to you. Blossom. Yeah, and that's how And I'm, I imagine you're creating a big social support for patients as well. Those that come through the circuit kind of uh, get matched up together to share their journey and support and encouragement with each other. Yes, they do. And they exchange numbers, you know, often at our, at our groups, you know, they'll exchange numbers. And, and I could do different things in my, my class, like nutrition wise, you know, we could have, you know, uh, lunch, like that wasn't part of the Look and Feel Better program. And so we would, you know, because sometimes we're there for a couple hours. And so we had to have some refreshments. And anyway, it's, and you get to know these people and you get to, you know, they're like your extended family. Absolutely. Well, I know, you know, just in our, my small community, the patients that I treat, the six degrees of separation from one patient to another, it's almost amazing at times to know who all knows another patient in some degree. Mm-hmm. And that word of mouth and that uh, connection speaks volumes across, especially within Michigan. It We're a big state, but people have a very far reach within, or, I'm sorry, a very short reach within one another. Absolutely. I agree with you. Well, we are certainly very lucky to have your resources here locally. Are there any other messages you'd like to share with our listeners? You know, I never, ever advertise. Um, I, I don't solicit people. I don't advertise because all of my people that come to me are from doctors, usually in hospitals, because I work with all eight hospitals all throughout Michigan that serve as pediatric oncology. And um so, and they've known me from teaching at their hospital. So I never, ever advertise because if I did, I wouldn't be able to com- accommodate everybody. <laughs> but, um, you know, I always feel that whoever needs me finds me. Uh, and so well, I think that's the goal of this podcast is to help our listeners find you yeah. and to let us know as providers, other resources to uh, send our patients to you to make them have that total image. Well, I take good care of them. I you know, I help love them through the process. And, you know, it's really important. It's not just about a wig. It's it is about not. a sense of hope and help and self-esteem and normalcy. And, uh, and treating the whole body. Yes. And part of that is not yes. just their cancer diagnosis. Right. Absolutely. And well, thank you, Maggie, for joining me today on The Breast of Everything. You have been absolutely phenomenal and have offered so many great resources. Thank you so much for having me. And, uh, you know, if you ever know of a child in need of our services, please let us know. We help everyone. We charge nothing. We turn no one away. And if that's Wigs number four kids, Maggie's Wigs for Kids in Michigan. And same thing with Go Green Salon. If you know of any patients that could use our support. And I do the classes, the creative total image classes every month. And there's no charge for them. And they're fun. And the ladies have a good time. And we celebrate their life. Well, I know we will certainly be sending patients your way. Well, thank you. And thank you for listening to The Breast of Everything. I am your host, Dr. Asher Richardson of Comprehensive Breast Care. And as always, we want to hear from you. If you have a topic you'd like us to talk about, we welcome any suggestions. You can send them to compbreastcare.com. That's C-O-M-P-B-R-E-A. 
S-T-C-A-R-E.com. You've been listening to the Breast of Everything podcast with your host and board-certified breast surgeon, Dr. Ashley Richardson of Comprehensive Breast Care. If you have a subject you would like the surgeons to discuss, please email your suggestions online at compbreastcare.com. That's C-O-M-P-B-R-E-A-S-T-C-A-R-E.com. The doctors want to hear from you. The views, thoughts, and opinions shared in this podcast are intended for general education and informational purposes only and should not be substituted for medical advice, treatment, or care from your physician or healthcare provider. Always consult your healthcare provider first.